0: You are the foundation of your family. You are the firm footing they build their lives on. You carry a glorious burden and you never dream of laying it down. You carry it with joy and gratitude. You show up even when you don't feel like it. You lead, serve, love, and protect. You are a father. This is the Dad Work Podcast, where men are forged into elite husbands and fathers by learning what it takes to become harder to kill, easier to love, and equipped to lead. Get ready to start building the only legacy that truly matters, your family. everyone we are back here and i'm going to try a solo episode today because there's a lot of stuff that i think that we need to address and while it usually comes up bit by bit on the episodes with guests there's something about answering pointed questions just for you just for the guys who asked that is a little bit easier for me to get across the points that you know have been real in my life and i think that's the important part for me is i had to go through so much pain and so much learning. And I spent probably thousands of hours, definitely many thousands of dollars. And at the end of the day, it almost didn't work anyway. And so my goal here with Dadwork work is to provide all of the tools and the resources and the things that I learned along the way in a manner that saves you at least 90% of that. So if it took me years to do what I did, I want the guys who follow us to be able to do this in weeks or months. And obviously some things do take years. It's just a matter of time that you allow for that compound interest to fully mature. And so I asked you guys inside of our email list, inside of Instagram. I mean, we've got, there's a lot of people on there now, um, which is amazing. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you for following along. I think there's like almost 10,000 on the email list. There's like 65,000 on Instagram. There's a bunch of you guys, thousands who listen to the podcast as well. So, I mean, we're creating a movement here. This is exciting because we are the tip of the spear for men and society moving forward. And if we all... Do the dad work required to be elite men, husbands and fathers now in a generation, dad work will be obsolete and that would be awesome. I would love if I didn't need to do this anymore because we as fathers did the work now to raise up kids who don't need somebody else to teach them. I learned the hard way. I want to be here to help you learn a slightly easier way. It's still going to be hard. But anyway, I have you guys. I asked you to send me your questions, and uh, I received a ton of them. So there's going to be a number of these episodes. I'm even considering bringing on uh, Friends of the Pod guys we've had on the, uh, the podcast before, even maybe doing a roundtable here and there to go deeper into some of these and just chat about the nuances. Because some of my favorite discussions are with friends when there's no you know interview style conversation, when there's just a back and forth and then somebody says something, you're like, oh, right, that thing is important. And I didn't remember that until you said that. So anyway, there's going to be uh, a, some more of these Interspersed with the interviews, which I know you guys love because, you know, there's more and more guys listening every single week. But we've got like at least six or seven uh, interviews scheduled for uh, May as well. It's the end of April as I record this. But we have got a lot of stuff in the hopper and we're just going to keep going. This is never going to stop. So we're, well, you know, it'll stop. <laughs> when we don't need it anymore 20 years from now 30 years from now when your kids grow up and they're like man dad thanks for doing the dad work i'm good i don't need kurt anymore anyway we're going to dive in here i'm just going to read out the question that i've got i'm just going to expound on a little bit this is almost like 5-10 minutes of free coaching for you out there if you have any questions find me on instagram and send me a question at dadwork.kurt that's d-a-d-w-o-r-k dot c-u-r-t or send me an email kurt at dad work c-u-r-t at d-a-d dot W-O-R-K, send your questions and I'll get to them on one of these and you'll get free coaching basically. And that's awesome because we have a group, we have a you know really high level group of men who are doing coaching with us inside the Work Brotherhood. So if you want whatever you're hearing here in your ears for you know 12 months in a private community where I will answer your questions all day, every day, and give you the path to follow that I followed to get to become what I know C is an elite husband, father, man, family leader, uh, you can join us inside the Brotherhood application only dad.work slash apply. There's a lot of links there guys. Just check out the show notes dad.work slash podcast. Oh, there's another link. Oh no. Okay, here we go. Let's dive into the questions. First one. I've learned a ton from your podcast. Thank you. What I would like to dig more into is the best way to be a better leader in my family household. Should I follow the family captain design? I'm sorry. I don't know exactly what that means, but I will continue with the rest of the questions here or go to applying more corporate formal leading styles. What are the comparisons? Which works best in this ever-changing environment? So I think it's important to understand here, to answer this, what it even means to lead your household. Like, what is a leader? What are we trying to do here? Um, What is is the outcome that we're looking for? What is the goal? So for me, I think, number one, I'm the one, as a family leader, who takes responsibility for everything. Take responsibility for me. But I also take responsibility for my wife, for my children, for the state of my household, for the mood in the household, for anything that gets missed, because if it was something that i did then obviously i'm responsible for but if it's something that i delegated or asked someone else to do or whatever then that still falls under me because i can and should be leading in such a way that people are excited to do what they said they were going to do that i know what's going on to an extent of like hey yeah did we do that thing of course we did because i know that's going to get done and i can make sure that everyone's sort of following my lead but again i just take responsibility for everything Even if it's not mine, even if it's my kids, even if it's my wife, they, yes, still must take responsibility for them, but I still take responsibility on top of that because I'm the leader. So that's number one. I just let everything fall into my plate. Okay. As a family leader, somebody needs to be the foundation and that's us as dads that cannot be our wives. That cannot be our kids. That is completely unfair. And that will lead to resentment and anger and frustration from them and probably like a stunted development to be quite honest with you. If you guys think back to your relationship with your parents, so many of us, at least I know a lot of the guys who follow us here, including myself, there was like a wrong order to parenting. I felt like the parent for a long time. And and that's fine because, you know, it's led to amazing gifts in my life. And I'm so glad and so grateful for the way that I was brought up now. But there was a lot of like wrong order where I didn't have to be i didn't get to be a kid i should say uh in many ways and i had to sort of grow up quick and that led me to all sorts of perfectionism and anxiety and depression and all that kind of stuff growing up so if we can just be like hey guys you know what i know that you want to do this like to your sons to your daughters whatever i know that you want to like take control of this you want to be make sure everything's okay great and just so you know i've got it no matter what like it's gonna fall on me no matter what i don't care how hard it is i will take the burden of that And that means, as a foundation, you're going to be in the mud. Like, think about a house. You're building a house, right? The foundation of that house is in the dirt, underground, it's in the mud. It's not a pretty place to be. I hear from a lot of guys who are like, oh, who gets to lead? They use this word, get, as though, like, it's this amazing thing that you should just want to lead because then you get to assert your authority, and you get everything you want, and it's so awesome. It's like, dude, if you're leading like that, you're not leading. You're being an authority figure, not a leader, and you're going to be demanding things from people, and they're not going to respect you. If you're truly leading, you're the foundation of your family. You're probably in the mud more often than not. Okay, so you are the 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 firm foundation that your family will build their lives on for the rest of their lives and hopefully future generations. That means it's not going to be pretty, and you get all of it. You get everything that fall that flows downhill and that lands on your lap. And that's first of all what a great man and leader does is he just takes responsibility because nobody else is well suited for that in your life in your household. And what we do eventually is we allow our children a little bit more of that over the years, a little bit more responsibility, a little bit more of their burden so that when they become adults, when they become parents and, and you know, husbands and and wives, they are able to take their own burden. We don't want to just take it forever. Like, oh no, I'll do everything. When, even when you're 18, 17, you just come to me and I'll do everything. Like, no, we consciously continue to take the burden. Actually, yes, we just, we do that forever but we start offloading a little bit to our kids. So I just wanted to clarify that, but you are the foundation. You're in the mud. You're the one setting the stage. You're the one setting the mood. You're doing all these things. And I think as well that the leader is going to be leading from the front, even though he's also leading from the bottom underneath the house, right? So he's also leading the way in terms of what is acceptable. He's setting the standard basically. So when I see that in, in my life, that means I'm doing the right thing all the time. That's what I optimize for. I don't optimize for like, Who's going to be happy right now? Who's going to think that, you know, if I do this for them, they're going to do this for me and I'm just going to get tit for tat. Like, no, I always operate on a, what is the right thing to do? What is the hard right thing to do? Because it's usually the easy path. The comfortable path is the wrong path. It's morally wrong. It's hurtful to people and it will come back to bite you. And so it's very important. Actually, we've talked about this in the podcast before with Aaron Guyette and a couple other podcaster uh, guests, I believe is it's important to know what your moral framework is as a father. What do you believe about the world? What do you believe about right and wrong? It's very important to know exactly that so that you can do the right thing. Because if you're just guessing, going, oh, I think this is right. Oh, well, I don't know. Maybe it was different next time. And then you're like confusing your kids because you're making uh, different decisions on similar situations. That becomes confusing and nobody's going to follow you anyway. So take responsibility for everything. Do the right thing all the time, even when it's hard, especially when it's hard. The third point I want to make here is that leadership anywhere, especially in a family, is about getting the most out of those around you. The potential of others that wouldn't otherwise have been able to be fruitful without you. So that doesn't mean slave driver. That doesn't mean cracking a whip. That doesn't mean like, go harder, bro. It's like, how can you bring out the best in your sons and daughter? How can you bring out the best in your sons and daughters? How can you bring out the best in your wife by showing up in a way that they want to do a good job. They want to try hard. They want to work for the betterment of the family because of the way you show up. You love them so much. You affirm them so much. You are showing them by your actions, again, leading from the front, that this is how we do things. This is the standard. And they're not just like, oh man, I just, I don't want dad to yell at me. So I'm going to like do what he says, but then I'm going to leave as soon as I'm 18. You're not doing that. You're engendering this like desire, To Follow and I think that's what a great leader does. He he uh, he has his He has his people desire to follow him because they know that he's going to lead them farther than they could go alone. That is getting the most potential out of your wife and your kids by bringing them farther than they could go alone. What does that take? It takes vision. It takes direction. It takes knowing who you are, what you want, where you want your family to go. It takes knowing what you want out of parenting, how you want your kids to feel when you parent them, what you want out of your marriage what an ideal marriage looks like. You can lead through that such that they are so excited to follow you and they will do their best so that they both please you, but you are seeing things in them that they may not see in themselves. Okay, you are spending the time and noticing what they might not see and then you're breathing life into that. You're affirming that. You're validating them. You're saying, I'm proud of you. Oh, hey, when you did this, when you stood up, For, you know, what you believed in there. Incredible. Amazing. That was so respectful. That was so in integrity. That was so compassionate. I love that about you. That's great. Keep doing that. I want to see more of that because it was so good. Wow. Whatever that takes, right? Whatever that looks like, make sure that those around you are reaching their potential because of you. Now, when it comes to like the the style, right? The formal leadership style. Like, I don't know about any of that. I've read some leadership books. Yeah, sure. And I've you know tried a whole bunch of things that either work or didn't work. But what it comes down to is you've got to be real and authentic and vulnerable. And I don't mean vulnerable and like, oh, here's all my feelings all the time. I'm like, here is when I fail. Yes, I failed. Sorry, kids. I didn't mean to make that mistake, but I did. And here's what I'm going to do to move forward from it, to fix it. So you're showing most of the things that you're doing good and bad so that you're engendering that trust because trust is a huge part of leadership and you'll pick up on that in everything I've just said, responsibility, doing the right thing, um, leading them to their greatest potential. That all requires that they trust you, okay? And so being real and being authentic, being you, making sure that you're really in integrity, that they don't see you doing things you say you wouldn't or that they don't see you saying things that you don't do. If you're a liar and a hypocrite, they'll never follow you okay they will never ever follow you and that comes back to just being real and authentic accepting who you are knowing who you are working on weaknesses sure but also going like yeah well that's is this is just me okay and I'm gonna do my best to not have my weaknesses come out I'm gonna work on my strength absolutely but at the end of the day I know who I am and this is just who I am okay I'm not gonna hide it from you and I'm gonna own my mistakes be real and authentic it's not like because if I think about this I'm going like okay corporate formal leadership styles what does that even mean? Am I going to get like my shirt and tie and be like, "Hey, son, I'd like to have our quarterly performance report here. Uh, it looked like you, you know, struck your sister three times in the last three months. And you know, we talked about the KPI here and uh, you know, like what are you doing there? It it doesn't make any sense So, corporate leadership. No, not at all. How can we be more involved with the kids? How can we be more present with them? Hey, I'm just going to do life with my most important people. And that's you guys. And I love you. If you just love If you just spend time with him, if you are just present with him, you're just curious about your wife and your kids' lives, and then you show them your life for real, not like this fake, oh, I'm going to be a leader. Like, hey, guys, I'm going to be leading our family, and I want us to, I want to lead us to the promised land, basically, right? I'm going to make mistakes along the way. I'm not even sure exactly what I'm doing right now in some respects, but here's the thing I'm going to try anyway. And when I fail, I'm going to own up to it, and I'm going to get the most out of everyone in here because man, it's going to be amazing. And we're going to build to this value. We're going to build to these family rules, this motto, this ethos, whatever it is that you come up with. This is where we're going. Isn't that exciting? Let's row our boat together. And you're just the captain of the boat. So maybe, you know, family captain designer, know what that means, but maybe that's where it comes from. You're the captain of the ship, leading your family and taking full responsibility for everything as it goes on. A couple of final thoughts on this one. I mean, I, I literally just did a um, hour-long family leadership masterclass where these thoughts were, you know, broken down neatly and succinctly. And so I'm trying to give you just like a, a conversational answer right now. But if you, if you want that, you can send me an email and I'll, I'll um, get you the recording. It's 25 bucks, um, super affordable and accessible for everyone. And uh, a lot of good stuff in there. But one of the other notes that I made here is uh, you teach – And train and have perspective and think long term. What does that mean? Uh, I came into this when I started learning about, you know, I literally learned about this mostly from parenting because we were just so bad and and the kids' behavior was really um, unacceptable. And that was my fault. And we were trying to figure out, okay, how do we stop this? How do we at least, you know, stop the bleeding, so to speak? And you learn how things are supposed to be. And so you try to make them happen right away, right? So it's like, okay, you're not going to hit. I'm going to make sure you do not hit and I'm going to go hardcore. And the thing was, I had never trained my, my sons. And so, you know, they were being angry and they decided to start hitting that kind of thing. I didn't know what to do. I was overwhelmed. I was like, okay, do I let them? Do I stop them? Do I scream at them? Do I not do this? What do we even do? Anyway, I, I learned through the process on how to hold the space, how to set boundaries, how to just be there with them without ratching it up, screaming at them, and then working through that. But I couldn't just get there all at once. I had to train them and teach them what my expectations were. When that required taking the time in sort of peacetime, so to speak, so that we were prepared in wartimes. And I tell my guys this all the time. We have to do the work during the peacetime when things are not so hectic so that we have the muscle memory when things are hectic and chaotic. And so you must find time to train and teach without going into like punishments and boundaries right away in case they mess up. Because they're going to be like, oh, I can't screw up around my dad. So what does this look like? Well, maybe you know, you have this desire to have family time at the dinner table, but right now your kids are kind of like throwing food. They're picking up the you know the food with their hands instead of using utensils if you want to do that. They're getting down from the table. They're up and down. They're playing toys at the table. Instead of sitting down one day and being like, hey guys, we're sitting at the table. And if, if you don't, and if you're playing, I see you're done, you're going to get down from the table. And they're like, aha, okay, whatever, dad. And they start playing. You're like, get out of the table. I told you. Like, okay, that's that's what you said you were going to do. That might be right, so to speak. But it's not because you didn't teach and train them. You didn't take the time to go through a training protocol. To be to Like, hey, guys, here's what's going to happen. Here's where I see us going. And then you take the week, you take the two weeks, whatever, to remind them, to show them. So the first day, it's like, hey. Hey, Joey, you're getting up from the table there. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to all eat together. And so in a couple of weeks, when we're really good at this, because we're going to practice, uh, we're going to actually ask you to get down from the table. You're going to miss dinner if you do this. So let's just practice. Can you come back to the table for a couple minutes? Because I want to talk to you. Get back to the table, be gentle about it, all this kind of stuff. You move into this training and teaching phase rather than just go hardcore into like, oh, we're going to do the thing. Okay, so I think leadership in probably all areas actually but parenting specifically guys like you know when they when they come across the answers like oh immediate let's go there real quick and some of us forget that it actually takes time to learn because why are our kids the way they are right now because we are the way we are so until we change we're never going to have our kids to be ch- able to change just because we told them to so you have to get yourself sorted out and then you bring the expectations and the training and then you can set the boundaries to be like hey guys we've had enough time with this this is real. Now I'm going to set the boundary. And if you don't listen to it, then here's the consequence. Okay. Like that has to come with time, but that requires you having long-term perspective and it requires you to have, well, any perspective knowing that right this second is not going to make or break your entire, your, your kids, entire lives. Yes. Each moment over time will indeed make their entire lives. And they will tell the story of you failing if you don't sort this out. But knowing that for the next couple of weeks, we can train, we can practice, whatever. Okay, yeah, he's he's screaming or he's hitting or whatever. He's not sitting at the table. We're not going to let him do that, but we're going to be patient because I know that it takes 18 years, you know, whatever. That's Don't quote me on that scientific whatever. Don't get me, oh, well, the human brain takes 25 years to develop. I don't care. It takes 18 years to rein, to raise an adult, right? For those 18 years, when they're under your care, you're continually training them. And so that long-term perspective, it's never too late is what I'm trying to say here. And if you understand that it's a long-term perspective, you can be a little bit more gentle. You can be a little bit more patient and calm when it comes to training and raising them up in the way they should go. And that just requires you to know the long game, where you're going, how long it's going to take you to get there. The fact that it's okay if it takes a little bit of time, all of that comes down to family leadership. So let me just break it down finally in the way that we do this inside of our brotherhood okay so we start with a daily every moment needs to be intentional you're building yourself up and you're building your family up in a way that they're going to trust you as a trustworthy man of integrity and you just become a great man husband and father by doing basic habits every day and not doing the stupid distracted habits that you're probably doing right now okay that's number one number two is having a long-term vision Okay, so having that long-term vision, knowing where you're going, I call it like a family business plan, right? I wouldn't start a business without knowing some spreadsheets, some goals, some KPIs, some, like, plan, and yet we all hop in a family going, oh, we'll figure it out. Doesn't matter. I've never even thought about that, right? How many times have you thought about, well, I don't—should I have a family business plan? What does that even mean? Yeah, you should. You've got to have a map. You've got to have a roadmap of where you're going, why you want to go there, and how you're going to get there. That's step number two. And those two things— Daily moment-by-moment habits and lifelong vision actually inform one another. The habits inform who you are next week, wh- who you are next week informs who you are next quarter, next year, next decade, all the way to the end of your life. And vice versa. The lifelong goal that you have should inform where you want to be 10 years from now, where you want to be a year from now, where you want to be next week, and then what do you need to do every day to get there. And then you just put in the work and the time. Okay, and then third pro- third part of this program is skills training. Okay, so if you suck at things like communicating, if you suck at setting boundaries, if you are angry all the time, go all in on fixing those, man. There's so many resources. There's so many resources. There's books. There's coaches. There's training courses. There's all this stuff. There's programs. There's everything. If you suck at something, there is no excuse to continue to suck for more than the time it takes to go through a program. Okay, go sort yourselves out learn the skills that we should have been taught by our dads and the elders around us Of course, but we didn't so too bad. It's your it's your uh, responsibility now It's not your fault, but it's your responsibility Go learn those skills so you can be a relational master. You have to be as a father You have to be as a leader of a family. Okay, so those three things Day-by-day habits long-term vision and skills That's like the trifecta whatever you want to call that is the trifecta of how to be an effective family leader And it's made easier if you've got a coach in your corner and if you've got a brotherhood of men who are also doing this work, that is like putting it on steroids, basically. Okay, so anyway, that is quick overview, family leadership, how I look at it, comparisons, which works best, ever-changing environment, that, okay, there's a lot to it, but it comes down to knowing who you are, what you want, where you want to go, loving, being a selfless, sacrificial leader, and as Ken Curry said on this podcast, standing in the way of foolishness, other words, setting boundaries, okay, okay. There's a lot more in there. We can talk about this for ages and ages, but 15, 20 minute little coaching session there. Hopefully that helped. All right. I got another question, which I am going to condense because it is a bit of a long one. He says, great guys, this stuff works. Let's go. I printed out your emails, made myself a workbook with them. It's changing our family life. That's for sure. Freaking amazing, man. Way to take action. I love it. The question is, I'd really like to see you address getting over past hurts and still being an elite dad and husband. So basically the story here is that there was marital unfaithfulness and while marriage is saved, uh, they're going to church, faith has saved the marriage and the family. How do you maintain focus and commitment to the work when you're also fighting the intruth of thoughts and demons that come with infidelity recovery? Okay, so I'm just going to state right off the bat, I don't have any experience with this, okay? But what I do have experience with is hurt and past trauma and past hurt and whatever else. So let me just take off any expectation of me knowing exactly what I'm talking about here in terms of the infidelity, because I can only understand, I can only imagine, I should say, how painful that is. And to be able to reconcile through that, I think is a beautiful thing. And by the grace of God, what an amazing gift we have to be able to forgive. And so what comes up for me when I think about this situation is, and so when it comes to dealing with sort of old hurts or past hurts or things you're trying to get over, whether that was done to you or whether it was done, uh, you know, by someone that is close to you, that hurts you. uh, There's a few things that I think are very important. Number one, man, you mentioned uh, faith. Give it to God, man. Like, that is number one. If you are a Christian, if you believe in God, you have to understand that he has the power to wipe all of that out. All of it. Nothing is too big for him to be like... Yeah, you know what, dude? You're gonna say with that by yourself, uh, because I just, you know, you gotta, you gotta hurt. I don't, I don't actually cover that. I don't cover infidelity. No, he does. He takes all of it. Lay down at the foot of the cross, and give so much thanks that he can do that. Now, that is great, and you gotta pray through that, and you have gotta be around uh, fellowship who can do that. You have gotta be in your your Bible every single day to do that. You've got to consistently give it to him every day. Pick up your cross, die yourself, pick up your cross, give that to him at the foot of the cross, and that's number one, I think. From there. Here's the thing that not a lot of guys talk about. Feel it, bro. You have to feel it. All this stuff that we're dealing with, all this stuff from childhood or hurt or infidelity, whatever, so many guys try and power through it. Oh, it doesn't affect me. I mean, yeah, it's like pissing me off, but I'm fine. I'm just going to power through it. Or they'll totally crumb be me. I can't do this at all. Wah. Okay, so like either way, you're either only going into emotion or you're not at all going into emotion and there's a middle ground and that's called moving forward by doing the things that are useful because action is the antidote to average apathy, all the rest of the crap that you struggle with, action. But here's the kicker. You got to feel it. Anything that is living inside you, any old pain. If you're stuck feeling like a child because something happened when you are a kid or your mom and your dad weren't like the best mom and dad, whatever, you feel like a child ever. If you're in a group of men, you're like... Man, I kind of feel like a 12 year old or a five year old or whatever. That's probably because you have got like some pain that you haven't actually truly felt. Your ego came in and it blocked that pain from being felt truly because, like, dude, you felt like you're gonna die. When you're a kid and you're alone like that, feel like you're gonna die. Listen to my podcast with Alistair Moose. He walked me through a little process that was like, oh man, it took me from feeling, you know, angry in the moment to feeling like a little kid who's gonna die in about five minutes. So that was intense. Um, but basically, you have to feel this, you cannot move on. You cannot fully forgive until you felt it and grieved through it. Okay, I've experienced this on countless occasions. I had to get very good at going into what I was truly feeling, not the angry exterior, but like what's underneath that? What if we just express a little bit of that anger in a way that is safe and doesn't hurt anyone else? So maybe you got to go into your car for a drive, go into the woods and just bloody scream, man. Just scream and cry and cry find a pillow and scream into that pillow, punch the pillow a bunch of times, like get some of it out. Anger, for example, in this case, in my case, is something you usually need to get out and up. Uh, But there are a bunch of other feelings as well that could just take journaling. They could just take talking to another man. That has happened so many times for me. I've just talked to another man about how it was feeling. Like, hey man, like this thing that happened... I'm actually feeling really sad about that. Like, I can't believe I had to go through that. I'm feeling kind of pissy. And you know what? You have to almost here's what I've experienced. You almost have to like act like a victim for a while to realize what a disgusting way that is, and then get through it. I remember so many times talking to my granddad or the men in my men's groups, I was like, oh man, I wish my mom, and my dad would just, you know, come and ask for my forgiveness so I could really apologize to them. Because as long as they take it, they take responsibility. And I was like, what a victim, hey. Eh? Like I ended up getting over all of that without them having to do that at all. I mean my dad is dead. He can't do that. But I still have to forgive him and I'll be grateful for him. And so how do you do that? Well, I talked out loud to my grandfather, to my men's group, to all these other coaches that I was hiring in my life and the more I spoke, the more came up, the more like crybaby stuff came up, but underneath all of that, that was all like an ego defense mechanism trying not to let me hurt. And it was trying to keep me safe, right? Like, "Oh, hey, Kurt, don't think about that. Just be angry about it. Just be a victim. It's okay. You'll feel better." I'm like, "Well, Yeah, but like life sucks. So what do I do now? Here's the thing. You talk about it enough, something's going to come up. You're going to feel it. If you journal enough, something's going to come out. Oh, I wish there's someone to do this. Oh no, I feel like a child. (gasps) Okay, why do you feel like a child? Oh, because my dad left my mom and my mom was sad and blah, blah, blah. Nobody was ever there to take care of my feelings. Oh crap. Suddenly you found the actual reason, but it took you complaining and being a bit of a crybaby first, right? And so here's the thing. You have to feel it you've got to find out a way to feel it like i just said talking to people journaling whatever find a way to feel it and then go into it and here's the kicker that a lot of people don't understand grieve it bro you're never going to get to live a life that this didn't happen you're never going to get the perfect childhood you ever wanted you're never going to have a life where you know your wife was not unfaithful it's not going to happen and so what does that mean we're probably pretty upset about that like well it's not fair No, it's not nobody (laughs) said the world's supposed to be fair and guess what you've got something to do to get over that. It's called grieving That means that you accept the reality of what happened You feel all the sadness and pain that it causes and then you let it go because you know You're never going to get that back That is the hardest thing. That's the hardest thing i've ever done Grieving the loss of that which I will never get when it is the thing that inside I want most bro. That's so hard It is almost impossible to do that when you're looking at it on the outset. But all you got to do is start to talk about it, start to note it, start to own it, and then just let it come up, man. Just let it come through and feel that. And don't become a slave to the emotions along the way. Feel it and then move on. Feel it and then move on. Don't go into this loop where you're like, oh man, my feelings and like my inner child, my divine feminine and masculine psych. Bro. I was in those circles for a long time and it's complete garbage. Don't get sucked in to your emotions ruling this. You need to process them. But here's the thing. I think about processing emotions like digesting food. Most of us did not grow up in a way that allowed us to develop an emotional digestive tract. Now, we should naturally just by having parents sort of model this for us. And I hope that all of you listening will do that for your kids. So they don't feel like you, but I had to basically create my own digestive tract for emotions. And here's the thing. They're not much like food. The thing that you hold on to going like, Oh, okay. I found this emotion and it kind of feels good. And it's going to work on me now. I'm like, I really need to go there. Cause Oh my goodness. It's just the thing. Cause what happens, right? If you do that with food, it's just going to sit in your stomach. You're not going to let that go. You're not going to expel What's coming into you is food. Imagine with emotions as well. It comes in, you digest it, and then you let it go. You release it. Crap it up, whatever you want to say, right? Because if you don't do that with food, man, it's going to suck. You're really going to be uncomfortable. It's going to just linger and fester inside you. Same will happen with emotions too. You'll get lost in them. Feel them, allow them to come up, grieve over them, and let them go. And then take action in moving forward. Okay, this is the thing that I see a lot of guys struggle with they're like okay i'm going to try and let it go but it keeps coming back okay well what are you doing like to build yourself as a man well i don't know <laughs> it's like well yeah of course you're not rewriting your story okay so you've got to tell your story the one that hurts the one that sucks feel it drop it and then guess what you have to write a new story it says in the bible somewhere if you know there there are these spirits that, that get cast out and they come back to a nicely swept house and they bring like a bunch of other demon spirits with them okay it's the same sort of thing if you don't start building yourself forward these feelings will just come back over and over and over you have to put in the work so that when you come back to these feelings you're no longer standing on the x there you're not like okay i'm, I'm ready i'm waiting for them oh no they hurt again it's like bro i'm so far forward now i've been developing myself i'm getting fit i'm like loving my wife better i'm going forward and like starting a business you're just doing things despite the hurt you can do both and men do do both that is what we have to do. So, I would say, if you need to move on, give it to God, feel it, grieve it, get all the feelings out, move flipping forward, and that's the forgiveness part, man. May, yeah, I've, I've said a lot of stuff is hard. This is hard work. This is all hard work, but forgiveness is extremely difficult. Okay, so if you've got someone you need to forgive, and you happen to be a Christian, amazing, because you don't deserve any of the forgiveness God has given to you. There is so much grace and mercy that has been extended to you. You could never, if you, if everyone on earth came and like spat in your face and kicked you in the nuts, you would still, even if you forgave all of those people, you would still be nowhere near how much God has forgiven you. So just remember that because that forgiveness, yeah, we don't forgive seven times, we forget 70 and seven times, just infinitely. Just, you have to forgive. If you do not forgive, it will eat you up. I, you know, you've probably heard the saying where um, holding a grudge is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. It just hurts you. Okay, so you've got to work through that. You've got to come to forgiveness by realizing, what a great gift for believers, uh, by realizing that you have been infinitely forgiven. And there's nothing that is too much for you to forgive if you have been forgiven for your sins against God. That's intense. Go with that and sit in that and just realize that. And it's going to be so difficult. And so I highly encourage you to do this with other men. Like I've already been saying find a pastor to do it with, find some brothers at church, find some other guys who do this kind of work. And uh, man, Godspeed, it's going to be hard, but it's so awesome you guys are reconciling and uh, praise God for that heart change. That's so, so awesome. Uh, there's a follow-up question. Any programs and for wives? My wife is highly considering doing a wife's group, probably like an eight-week little course thing. Um, some teaching, a lot of space held in order to, you know, talk about specific problems, a little bit coaching. If you want to join that, send me an email, curt at dad.work, curt at dad.work. We just had our fourth child, obviously like six weeks ago, so it's not going to be immediately, but she is very much interested in doing that because we get this question all the time. Also, um, I'm, going to have to find a way to put this on my website or something because I keep getting asked for the women's version of dad work, uh Mrs. dad work or mom work or whatever and you know I'm I wish that my wife had more time but she doesn't care. She's she's doing all the stuff and our house she's living it. Um and you know I guess she I shouldn't say she doesn't care, but she has no care to document it and take time away from the actual family and the important work which you know is amazing and I appreciate her for that. But I did do a little digging yesterday and I found uh, a list of women who I follow on Instagram. There's very few that I trust uh, to follow on Instagram. And, you know, it's just because I don't do that kind of work. I'm here for the men. If the women want something, I'm glad they follow me to get the men's side of things, but I don't know. So I can send that to you on Instagram if you want or email me. Again, contact me somewhere. There's, if you can't figure that out, you know, it's 21st century. There's plenty of ways to contact me. Uh, If you really want it, contact me and I'll let you know. So that is it for that question. Hopefully that helped. That seemed like a pretty good one. I think that goes for a lot of people, not just infidelity, uh, but, you know, past trauma and, you know, whatever. Wife not showing up the way you want them. Anything like that. All right, here, let's go into question number three here. This will be the last one. And we've got, oh my goodness, I'm just scrolling through here. We've got, I don't know, probably 10 times more of these questions. And this is like the first time I've ever asked you guys. So I can only imagine we're going to have uh, a lot of ammunition to move forward and if this is useful for you guys, I'd love to know on Spotify. You can actually let me know what you thought about the episode. That would be awesome. Um, whether or not this was helpful and, you know, if you want to see me bring in guests to chat like this just about questions, guys that I trust, guys who are in my circle, mentors, coaches, friends uh, who, you know, do this kind of stuff with me, let me know and uh, if not, Tell me it sucks and uh, I will, well, I don't know. I'll keep doing them (laughs) because some people might like them and you can just skip the episode. So there you go. Uh, Anyway, we'll be back here next week with some more guest uh, episode as well. Anyway, this question is, as a man who's upping his game and increasing his leadership in all areas, how do I navigate the territories of doing more and more of the chores and the frustrations of picking up that slack? Basically, it's that debate in a modern equality world where my wife works part time, but the behavior creeps into equal household duties while I'm the provider tit-for-tat chore assignments and i'm wanting her to level up with me Ooh, man this is a fiery one how many times can we get canceled in this answer i'm going to try uh first of all it should be in my humble opinion every man's desire to provide for his family such that his wife doesn't have to work okay that is in my experience the best way to make this work as a marriage and a family now if your wife is resourceful if she's doing things like little things along the side. I'm, I'm thinking of like the you know the Proverbs 31 woman, this glorious version of a wife that we all aspire to have. Uh, she's not sitting there doing nothing. She is being resourceful. She's making money for her household. She is doing all these things to provide for them. And yet, it's a different world. She's not off working for another man. She's not off spending all her time trying to make uh, a corporation more money. She is doing things that are very much cottage industry and uh, like entrepreneurial, she's buying land, she's like putting things together uh, at home and selling them. She's doing all of these things. And that's great. Like my wife does that. She sells stuff, she makes stuff, She like she's always active and building for us. But there is no expectation that she provides. That for her and for so many, probably most, if not all of the wives I talk to, she doesn't want that role at all at all now there are women who are like oh yeah i love working like i love it i want to do this i want, i shouldn't have used that voice pardon me there are a lot of women who are like yeah i love working and i want to do this and you can't tell me otherwise and like it's only part-time or oh this is my like profession whatever i studied so long to do this in my humble opinion that is 99 percent brainwashing by feminism saying that you can only be valuable if you have masculine traits if you can be as good as men at working then you're a good woman like what where did we get so wrong, and if you don 't believe that inherently, if that doesn 't strike a chord with you i don 't think there 's any way for me to explain it to you because for me it 's so self evident it is so brutally self evident that we are equal in creation, but not in what we can do, not in how we're structured. My wife is better than me at so many things, and i don 't want to be good at those things because there are things that she 's naturally built to do And the other on the flip side, I am better at things than my wife, but there 's no judgment of that it 's not like, hey, babe, I work, therefore i 'm more valuable like what she does so much so much around the house for the kids raising the family all these things that she is naturally inclined to do and i don't go like oh my goodness you're so much better than me to do that i'm like oh thank you thank you that this works this is what marriage is about guys you are equally working towards each other's best interest that's it and then you both get to benefit like, how crazy is that? People confuse us all the time. Like, okay, if I'm doing all I can, then I'm just going to keep doing more than like, what is it? Like, no, dude, you're not looking for a result. You're looking for, I'm a good husband. What do good husbands do? They bloody well serve and lead their wives. If your wife is not doing that for you, that sucks. And you can have the conversation with her. And it's your responsibility as a leader to have that compassionate conversation where you can bring her around because this is new for a lot of women. It's new for a lot of us too, right? We didn't come into this uh, this adulthood of ours, our, our families. Going okay. I'm going to be, you know, a really awesome patriarchal leader who loves and leads and sacrifices. We're just like, well, I don't know. I guess we both get jobs and then like have a kid or two, and I don't know, right? Like that's where so many of us stay, um, and I think it's wrong. It's just wrong. It's a very hard thing to break that conditioning, but I am 100% certain it is conditioning. So number one, do all you can to get her at home and explain to her just how beautiful that is, and. Help her work through that. It doesn't have to be like, hey, you're going home right now. And she's like, well, I know because I actually like working and blah, 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 blah. But have the conversation. I think I have seen so many families benefit from this sort of layout where man is providing and protecting and doing all those things. And his wife is able to tend the home, be a homemaker. That's beautiful. It doesn't mean she stays home and does nothing. She can be resourceful. She can do all these sort of things to make money on the side and all this kind of stuff. She can go out in the world like, of course, but it's men and women working together. It's not like, oh, man, it's not working. It's not each working separately. It's each working together. Like, oh, man, there's so many things my wife and I can do together because we're just both headed to the same direction rather than me coming home going like, oh, my job. And she coming home being like, oh, my job. And we're both like just living separate lives. It doesn't make any sense. But I talk to my wife about this stuff all the time. Content. What should I do here? What do you think about this? From your perspective as a woman, what does this work like? I'm always bringing her in. And then she's doing things like, I don't know, fixing up furniture or um, sewing stuff and selling stuff online. Like there's so many things. She's like, hey, can you come get this out of the back with me? Like, yeah, of course. We're just helping each other. We're just both on the same track helping each other to raise the family and do a good job with that. And so that is like that is a key fundamental belief that most people aren't willing to go to even though most people probably believe it's true. Okay, so I challenge everyone listening if the culture has you in its firm grasp, man, start bucking because you don't want to be in the grasp of culture. Look around you. Mediocrity, debauchery, degeneracy, immorality. Like do you want any part of that? I certainly don't. And so I look for ways to not be like the culture. And hey, it's led me to certain things that might be called the traditional life or whatever. But for me, it's just what works. Okay, It doesn't have any like judgment around it. Does it work? Does it bear fruit? Look at that. Whatever you want to do in your life, look at where it bears fruit and do that thing. If it doesn't bear fruit, don't do it. Okay, that's one of the... Well, that is the only way to tell what is good and what is not. Does it bear fruit? And I've just seen time and time again, when there's two people working separate jobs in separate places and not having any time with the kids... That fruit is rotten. Does not even fruit at all. Anyway, here's let's, <laughs> let's get in the actual question here. Uh, upping his game, increasing leadership in all areas, navigate the territories of doing more. So I tell my guys you do everything you can because you're a good husband and father and leader with zero expectations. Now, this is very difficult because again, we have this like cultural conditioning that we need to get ours. We need to put ourselves first. We need to be selfish so that we make sure we are taken care of. Well, that is completely backwards in marriage. Okay. You do what you do so that your wife benefits. Okay. And it has nothing to do with you, but here's the beauty. She does what she does so that you benefit and you both go farther by caring for the other person than you would alone. That's how it should work. Now, if she's not coming along with you. Well, that's probably because you failed to lead, first of all, and you might have been leading poorly for years. And now you're like starting to do a good job and you expect her to just follow you. Like, bro, she doesn't believe in you. (laughs) She doesn't trust you. And I've gone through that myself. And a lot of the guys that we talk to have gone through that. It's like, hey, I'm good now. You trust me? She's like, no. Why would I? You've just spent like the last 5, 10, 15 years being awful. And now you want to do dishes and like, what, have some sex? Like, no, not at all. I don't trust that for a minute because like if I open myself up from your wife's perspective now, if she opens herself up... And like the, you know, her version of, oh yeah, of course I believe the sun's going to rise tomorrow is, of course I believe my husband's going to be an asshole. Like if she opens herself up to that possibility and you are who you have always been, it's going to hurt her a lot. It's going to, it's going to like really, really hurt her in the, in the heart, right? She's going to feel terrible and she's going to close off even more. So it's safer not to open up for her at all until she can be very sure that you are all in and expecting nothing except her, uh, what's good for her what's good for the family. That is the only expectation that you should have. Not you, not getting anything back, not reciprocation, not tit for tat. And here's the thing. There's so many questions that I get. I'm like, bro, just talk to her about it. Like, why do you need me? Don't talk to me. Go talk to your wife. Go and lead your wife in a conversation. Say, hey, babe, here's what's going on. Here's an observation. Here's how I'm feeling about it. Here's maybe like a need or a desire that the feeling is leading to or or, or being um, or caused by. And here's a request. Can we get on the same page here? Like, can I listen to you about how you're feeling about this? I know I'm doing more now um, and I don't want to feel resentful and that's coming up for me. And so I'm going to do my own work to make sure that's not coming up, but I also do want to make sure that we are rowing in the same direction and at the same speed. How can I help you with that? Okay. So those are conversations that so many of us could have that would just cut through all the bull crap and stop you from wondering. You probably feel anxious. Like, oh, I don't know what to say. I'm feeling this, but I shouldn't say it. Cause like it might be hard. Yeah. External conflict is way better than internal conflict because you will burn up with internal conflict. And if you just say it, it's never as bad as you think it's going to be never as bad. Go have the hard conversation. That is what a real man does. He does the hard thing. So go do the hard thing. Have a conversation. Tell her, babe, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm feeling. Here's why. Can we work this out? Or here's a request. Like it's that simple and just hold space. Don't get defensive. Don't blame. Don't try and fix it. Just hold the space for and See what's real. Ask her. What is she feeling? How is she feeling? Why? what does she want in this life? You've got direction, but like, is she involved? Do you have a family vision? Do you have a family direction? Like, yeah, we're talking about doing dishes and stuff like that, but bro, this comes back to the family leadership question, which is, are you actually leading for the right reasons? Do you know where she wants to go? Does she know where you are going so that she can actually follow you? And if you're not communicating, good luck. You have to communicate all of this all the time. We over communicate all the time. I used to think like, yeah, why would you want to hear that? It doesn't matter. Nobody cares about that. Stop. Like, I don't need to hear all that. And you don't need to hear all the things I'm thinking about. So I'll just say nothing. I'll just be stoic. No, that's stupid. How are you supposed to connect? How are you supposed to become intimate in your relationship if nobody knows the reality of the other person? So all this to say, have this conversation with her. Just have it with her. Where do you want? Like, how can I help you? What do you want me to do? Where do you feel best? What do we need to work on? Because yes, I go out of my way to be hardcore and do the dishes and do more. Because at least a couple of things a day I want to be doing so that my wife knows that I love her. And if I can take some uh, some weight off her plate, she's got four kids, she homeschools, she just had a baby, just everything, just so many things around the house. And yeah, I work. Great. And she does the same for me. Here's the thing. It's not just all me doing it. But if it was, it wouldn't matter to me. Okay, so she goes out of her way to serve me too. And it's beautiful. We love it. But I go to one of my way to serve her. And if she, like, I don't know, feeling sick or something like that for a couple of weeks, I don't care. You think I'm going like, oh, okay, I'm not going to serve her anymore because, you know, she hasn't given me anything. Cry baby boo-hoo. You don't need anything. You're the man. You're the leader. You set the tone. If she's not following up, it's because you're not doing a good enough job leading. And if at some point you are doing a good enough job leading, then you got to have the question. Then you got to have the conversation. Okay. You have to be able to sit down and be like, look, I am doing everything here. Why don't you trust me yet? Like I am, I'm going to have this confrontational conversation to be like, what's going on? Why aren't you coming along with me? Where are you still feeling hurt? Why aren't you carrying on? It could be because she's feeling hurt. It could be that she's feeling she's being left behind and she's now realizing that you are taking responsibility for all of your side of the street. She finally has to take responsibility for her side of the street. She might not be ready for that. You're kind of forcing her into that. Even though it's great and if she would just do it, it would be awesome for you both. A lot of people are not ready to be forced into, hey, here's all your problems. It's like, oh man, just think about that. Imagine if your wife, like things were just like, man, whatever. Your wife all of a sudden became like just so extra doing all the things perfect in everything you see. And you're like... Well, yeah, what about your stuff? She's like, oh, no, I don't have any of that anymore. Like, I'm just going to sit. This is okay. I can deal with this. I can handle all your crap. And suddenly you're like, oh, maybe that thing that I'm angry about is actually my fault. If you're not ready for that, you're going to go into a rage fit, probably. Like, oh, no, I can't believe this. It's not my fault. Oh, and you're going to just feel terrible because you're so confronting and you have no um like support in that if you're not expecting it same thing's probably happening for her okay so be gentle be compassionate have the conversations lead her into that have hard conversations too like hey i'm doing a lot right now i want us to be in the same direction Uh, i need some more from you what is that going to look like how can we do that that's okay too but you have to be taking care of your side of the street first too many guys have that conversation like hey babe do more when they're like they've only been doing it for like a week or two and they think that gives them any any trust Or respect to be able to do that back to her she's like bro you haven't done anything you've literally spent the last 10 years shitting on us and you've been doing good for two weeks and you want to tell me how to go like go 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 stuff it man right so you have to have your stuff totally dialed in and then take it okay take the fact that you're not getting anything back good become that sacrificial servant leader what we want obviously is for both parties to work together toward the same goal serving each other at their own expense getting more because of it that's the ideal marriage but if she's not there yet because you've been an asshole and because you didn't step up and lead at some point, yes, it is for responsibility hundred percent. But like I said, at the very start of this podcast, it's always your responsibility as a leader, man. And if you both end up coming towards that beautiful, everything works perfectly. And if unfortunately you're the only one who ever does, man, green and bear it, because she's going to have to make the decision sooner or later, whether or not she's willing to live with that. Sometimes she's not. And that's tragic, but there's nothing you can do about that. Cause you can only get control of everything inside the circle around you, Okay. And by control, I don't mean like controlling the external world. I mean, literally anything inside the circle that's like an inch outside of your body. That's all you can control. And that is your reaction to things. So you can either be a moping, complaining crybaby, or you can crush it because that's what an amazing man does. Man, husband, and father who's leading and his kids are going to see that. doesn't matter how your wife reacts. Just be you, man. Just do the best version of you you possibly can. It's going to be incredible. Anyway, man, we're going to mapping on 50 minutes. That's great. And uh, I think that's it for today. I think we're going to get into all these other questions later on. Hopefully this was useful. Let me know on Spotify. Let me know on Instagram. Let me know via email if this was useful or if it was just me reiterating a bunch of stuff over and over pointlessly uh, because that's also possible. So anyway, um, guys, no matter where you're at today, do the right thing. Make sure that your habits are dialed in. Wake up early. Work out every day. Be intentional with your nutrition. Do something that your wife and kids feel connected to you. With no expectations of reciprocation, uh, set an intention, be grateful, like very basic things. Get off your phone, stop watching porn, stop playing video games, stop being you know stupid in your whole wondering if everyone else around you likes you and then like being so selfish that you're lost in that and you can't be with your wife and kids. Like, it's very simple, but it's not easy, right? You get so distracted. Anyway, I'm going to stop here. Do the right thing. Be an excellent, be an elite man, husband, and father and just decide doesn't matter if you don't know how to do it. Just decide. Like, you're going to try. You're going to fail. It doesn't matter. But you're going to be so much better than if you're like, oh, I don't know if I can start. Bro, your wife and kids' lives are on the line. Well, you have to wait. How could you possibly wait? Let's go. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this, make sure to subscribe. Leave us a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify. Uh, follow us on Instagram if you want to do this with us inside the Dad Work Brotherhood every day with training, with accountability, with brotherhood, with coaching. Um, you can apply. Dad.Work slash apply. It's a 12-month commitment. It is a time, effort, and financial commitment. It will change your life. It'll change your family for generations to come. So, you know, I could charge $8 million and it would still be cheap, Uh, but it's not $8 million. It's less than that. So I would love to have you apply if that has been something in your heart that you want to completely commit to and get better, become elite as a family leader, because I don't know what's more important. There's nothing more important, guys. Anyway, thanks for listening. Follow me, dadwork.card on Instagram, and uh, we'll talk soon. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Dad Work Podcast. That's it for this episode. But if you would like to stay in touch between weekly episodes, why don't you go over to Instagram and follow me there? Because I drop a number of things throughout the week that are related to what we talk about on this podcast, but usually go a little bit deeper, provide some tips. You can find me on Instagram at dadwork.curt. That's D-A-D-W-O-R-K dot C-U-R-T. And please, if you have been getting something out of this podcast, if it has touched you, if it has improved your marriage, your parenting, or your life, would you please leave a quick review on Apple or Spotify, leave a rating. If you have a few extra seconds, leave a quick review. That's the best way that we can get this work in the hands of more fathers. And I truly believe that we change the world one father at a time, because each father that parents better, that loves better, raises children who do the same. And in just a couple of generations, I feel like we could be living in a world much better than the one we live in today. Your review will help along that path. And I thank you so much for being here to listen. Until next week, we'll see you then.